big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Welcome to the Attachment and Tears podcast. Now, this is going to be another very juicy one. We love talking about these things. So I'd really love to start off really, uh, again, giving reassurance that aware parenting is a form of attachment parenting. So really, I think often when people find out about it, and particularly about the crying aspect, when it's it's about so much more than crying, but often that's the, the aspect that people pick up on is that... It's based on fundamentally listening to babies and children, understanding, meeting their needs, particularly for connection. Connection being like the foundational piece. But really, if you have a think about it, if you have a like a, a bestie or a partner or you know someone who you really value and you love connecting with them, I imagine part of that is that you know that you can go to them and if you're feeling upset they will listen to your feelings they will they will hear you and I think it's really understanding that listening to feelings is a part of attachment it's part of attachment behavior so we really want to put that in in the beginning Mm, and and to really clarify again and I think we both really like to clarify this with people that you know it is never leaving your baby alone to cry never, and it is never. and it is never ignoring your baby's needs if your baby's hungry then feed <laughs> and if they need to be picked up then you hold them and if they need some closeness then you put them on your body yes. and it's always meeting your baby's needs first and then seeing if there is something Else. Yes. yes, and and also understanding that in our culture, often what's seen as a need need is that it's really we we love um, differentiating out these two so that we can really tell the difference between the two. And how do you tell the difference between when it's a need and when they actually have feelings that they want to tell you about? So, and that's that's totally it. I think the thing is what aware parenting is very much about is about being deeply attached and attuned to our baby so that realizing that you know babies carry tensions and stresses and that part of them coming back into balance is releasing their stresses and tensions yes. which is really one of the few ways they can do that is through crying yes. you know we've also got laughter yes. and play which we're going to talk about in yes. another podcast and tantrums when they're yes. older oh yes but tears are the body's natural way to reset itself yes. you know and and i always like to really clarify you know the science behind this is really quite interesting of what happens when we leave babies to cry you know they create high high levels of stress hormone in their bodies and even when they've stopped crying that stress hormone stays really really elevated and often when you know when when people may have used you know control crying or those kind of things to get their babies to sleep you know their babies may sleep but they they may still be at a really high stress level and and often babies will go into disassociation and and shut down you know and and again lots of compassion for for parents who may have done that and you know like we again sleep is a whole other issue and have a whole podcast on that (laughs) and we we all do what we need to do you know sometimes through the bigger picture of what's happening in our families but really i guess what we talk about is there is a different chemical reaction in a baby in any person when they are held or when they have 
somebody with them, offering them presents when they cry, that that stress hormone is actually released and they come back into a state of homeostasis. They come back into that central balance. And, 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 you know, again, we both talk about what does that feel like for you when you're upset and you really need to have a cry or talk about it and someone distracts you or tries to shove something in your mouth or or just turns away and doesn't listen to you. You know, it can feel, it feels very hurtful and it can also feel like you're being abandoned and all those big things that come up and those feelings don't go anywhere. They're still there with you. Yes. So we really want to say this is part of a really natural inborn, inbuilt mechanism, which is part of the the fight or flight mechanism. It's part of the repair of that. And I love you talk about the science. So there's another study that shows that that tears so they had university students and the one they had one group that watched a sad movie another group they had onions and they measured the chemical composition of the tears and so tears when there's a sense of safety and being heard those tears are actually releasing the stress hormones Mm. from from our bodies as long as you know if it's a baby we need to be holding our babies for Mm. them to know that they're safe and they're held and that it's safe to have these feelings of course, when babies get older to, to children, they don't always necessarily need to be held, mm. but they do need an adult to be with them who is present in their bodies, who can trust that the crying is healing, mm. and who really give them that deep sense that, mm. that feelings are our friends, you know, if mm. we, it, because it's really remembering that they internalize how we respond to them. So, mm. how we respond to their feelings will be how they respond to their feelings. And yes. again, I invite you to have a lot, we both invite you to have a lot of compassion around this because again this is so much part of a, a cultural thing isn't it our culture Huge. is so incredibly uncomfortable feelings they it's are. a culture of repression isn't it 100 <laughs> percent. and i mean i i really talk about obviously my first part of my parenting journey i didn't know any of this so yes. i really tried to stop tears all the time i did a <laughs> did lot you, of distraction but oh. what was your favorite Do you have any oh, favorite ones? i was very good at entertaining my children <laughs> yeah. I, I was like oh let's so I was I was exhausted because I spent a lot of time trying to keep everybody happy. You can't keep yeah. everybody happy. Or I used to feed a lot, so yes. I was a really excellent breastfeeder, and um, I could have fed everybody and anyone. And um, and so whenever my kids were upset, I just put them on the boob, you yes. know. And so that's what I did with my first two kids. And yes. it was interesting because. They were really, they weren't very good sleepers. They were pretty agitated in their body. And, you know, they were big, fat, chunky babies because I fed them a lot. But, but as I look back now, I could see that there was a lot I wasn't, I was missing, you know, yes. that I didn't really catch because I was really uncomfortable with, uh, with the crying mainly because I think I thought that meant that I wasn't doing a good job. Yes. Or the my kids were unhappy. Needs. There was something yes. that they needed that you weren't doing, which yes. I think is such a common conception in yes. this culture and i it? should be able to fix it i'm yes. their mum, and I, yeah. I should make it all right and if they are crying then there's something wrong or yes. and that's a reflection on me am i a bad oh, mother ouch, or all those ouch. kind of things yeah <laughs> which you know i know with working with many mothers i know so many of them feel that yes. too that when their baby's crying it means there's something wrong or yes. that they should be able to fix it they should be and and you know we'll go more into this but so often what happens when we are around a baby or a child crying it taps us straight back into what that was like for us when we were little yes so you know that that deep need to stop the crying or to shush the baby or to rock them or all that kind of stuff you know is so embedded in us because it really does tap into those feelings of us if it's actually not okay to have feelings yes. well what we also what we internalize but also the little parts of us that that often 
um, did often were left alone to cry yes. and so there can be that that terror that shows up I, I need to do anything to stop this because mm. it's reminding me of my baby mm. self and my unexpressed feelings so that's a big part of the aware parenting Huge. journey I don't know about you but when I started it with my daughter I was like she I'm going to listen to 100% of her feelings she's going to never repress any mm. and she's going <laughs> to and very soon I know that that was not going to be possible. And I really changed my expectations. And now as I'm really happy because I know that she has expressed a lot more feelings than I have. And she has a lot fewer. And my son as well. They have a lot fewer repression mechanisms than I do. And I really, again, I so I invite us to to look at that bigger mm. picture that we are part, you know, we're a step in the ladder of the mm. generations. And I don't think there is a way to be, I don't believe there is such a thing as being perfect as a parent. And I don't think there is a way that we can listen to a hundred, I don't know, yeah. I don't really know anyone who can listen to a hundred percent of their child's feelings. I know mm. people can listen to a big high percentage. So I think it's really having that compassion and, and trust that we're part of this lineage and our mm. children will, will be more evolved than us. Mm. And <laughs> But, you know, really loving ourselves mm. in what we have the capacity for, whilst also still being willing to keep increasing that capacity i love what you say i think you said it to me yesterday about um you often say to people imagine just being listened to once so i actually ask is mm. have you ever or as a child were you ever listened to once where you had a big cry mm. and you just someone could really be there with you all through the cry or the tantrum they didn't try to stop you they didn't think there was something wrong they weren't they were just totally comfortable and a lot of people say that isn't that they maybe never ever had that mm. as a child some people are I did that once on Facebook. I was shocked to see that some people said they, they still have never, ever, ever experienced it, even once. So it's an amazing thing if you even once listen to your baby mm. or child's feelings, let alone multiple mm. times, isn't it? And, and I really like to clarify the reason why we're wanting to listen yes, to the feelings. The why is because, well, on many levels, one, it, it again helps our bodies come back into balance. Yes. It's removing stress yes. and all those big feelings of fears or, you know, whatever is sitting there, you know, it helps it come back into balance. And two, what it does imprints in our children that when yes. they have feelings it is okay to feel those feelings yes. and once we feel them they will actually pass yes. and then you will be okay not that more, you aren't okay when you feel you more comfortable feelings. you feel yes you feel good when that is moved on and i think that's one of the big things a massive piece for me with the word parenting is the why we do this is yes. to help our children also understand when we are talking about imprinting that we are there for them no matter where they are sitting yes. in the big paradigm of who they are in yeah. their being. Whatever whether, they feel. Yes, whether they're angry, sad, jealous, whether they're passionate, excited, you know, wherever they're feeling, we accept all of that part of them. Whereas when, you know, well, my, for me, and I know probably for you, Marian, yes. when, how we grew up is that the imprint was very much like you need to be good all the time. So for a lot of it us... It usually means quiet, yes, not totally. upset. That's it. <laughs> A lot of us growing up, when we had feelings, we were told to stop it. We were sent to our rooms. Some people were even smacked. So or even really, uh, you know, um, for very loving reasons, mm. similar to what often, you know, we may have done or people listening may have done. It seems a very loving thing to do, mm. to distract, doesn't it? Yes. Or to give a bit of food or here you go, have that or, mm. you know, whatever the thing is. Yes. But to actually realise that feelings are real. As you say, I love that. They're real, they're real physiological things. They're part of the... Mm the the way our physiology works the, mm. the stress release and 
feelings that we do not listen to mm. accumulate in a baby's body and, and we can often see that can't you and I and I mm. often ask parents to say have did you notice that over time did you notice perhaps your baby started to um, maybe seem to be more agitated in their body maybe they started to need apparently need feeding more often even though their mm. tummies were getting bigger did they start to take longer to go to sleep mm. did they take we're going to talk more about the sleep and the sleep episode but did they start maybe avoiding eye contact? Did mm. they start maybe vomiting when you fed them? Did they mm. start um, just, and as toddlers, maybe waking up more and more, maybe starting to get a bit pinchy and bitey? And mm. all of these things are often uh, symptoms of just accumulated feelings that they haven't yet had to yes. express from their lovely bodies. Yes, and and I think for me, looking at a long-term picture, I think having yes. teenagers now and yes. seeing <laughs> the impact of actually doing a lot of listening to crying yes. is, you know, for me the great goal is that when we are able to turn up for our kids and really listen to them in all of who they are, it absolutely embodies in them that who they are, all of yes. them, is okay and is enough. Yes. Whereas when we are really shown that those emotions or feelings aren't okay, you know, we are then set up with, well, in order to be loved or yes. in order to be accepted, I need yes. to be good and I need to behave. And that, that sets up a strong, often good girl, good boy, yes. you know, story, which was definitely my story. You know, I grew up, you know, really holding on to those feelings because the belief was if I'm good, everything will be okay. And then, you know, you take that into your adult years and yes. often you need a, you know I needed a lot of approval from everybody and if someone didn't like me I was like oh my god you know the world is I, I would feel yes. devastated yes. you know big reactions and so much of that in my own journey came back to you know that it wasn't actually okay for me to feel all these other big stuff yes. you know it had to look and feel good all the time yes. because that meant safety and when you say good you're meaning really um, an, an appearance of calm isn't it because yes. there's a real difference between this true calm that we're talking about that that deep sense of relief in in our children's bodies and our bodies when we get to release these feelings yes. with loving support yes. and this apparent calm which is usually yes. about repression and yes. i'll need to pretend that i'm not sad i'll need to stuff the feelings down i'll need to tense up my jaw i'll yes. need to and we'll talk all about the different ways in another episode but yes we do. We need to do all this stuff to actually yes. avoid who we really are and what we're really yes. feeling, don't we? And and I think to um, you know, really being immersed in the whole teenage years now. Yes. I, what I see is that because there's been a lot of practices and turning up with lots of feelings yes. over all the years. Yes. They know so deeply it is absolutely okay to come to us with anything. Yes. There is nothing they can't bring you because. The imprint has been, I see all of you in that big, yes. heavy, raging mess. Yes. Love you unconditionally. Still got you. <laughs> still got you. Um, and that I've seen has been one of the biggest gifts for me of, yes. of witnessing this over the years is that you they know that so yes. deeply yes. that they are totally seen in all of those elements. You know, And I think there's a big thing we often you know, say, I love my child unconditionally, but for a lot of people, there is a lot of conditions on how their child needs to be yes. in order for that to be acceptable and okay. And again, that it just comes back to what we were shown and believed and what feels so. I mean, again, there is no blame. We're no, just doing do. what we were shown, yep. you know, all of us. And, and, you know, I love to, you know, as I've, you know, really embraced it, we're parenting. And I remember when one of my kids was a bit younger and really saying to my mum one time, could you just hold her while she's crying? And my mum was fiercely trying to jiggle my baby around and keep her shushing and yes. and I was like mum can you find some stillness yes. with that and it was amazing firstly oh, that I felt 
yes. wow, I've done a lot of healing to be able to feel okay with that. Yes. And and she was quite agitated. Yes. And, um, and then she got a bit angry and, and she stayed with it. And I said, what's going on for you here? And then she sat with it for a minute and then she came back and she said, my mother never listened to me, never yeah. listened to me. And this is a 70-year-old woman. Yeah. And I was like, oh, mum. That's I'm really sorry to hear that. That must be painful. So and she gorgeous. just and then she just went, Wow, I just I never had that and and you know, she had a beautiful cry. It was so oh, healing. I was just so thinking of that big yummy. generational thing. Yes. And now I absolutely adore that my mum will often look after my nephews who are little yeah. and um, she'll ring me and she'll go, Lael, they had such a good release today. I could <laughs> see when I picked them up from kinder and I just held that space and they had a big release and then I could. he was so happy and I was like, yes. oh, mum, I so yes. celebrate you doing That's this, so you know, after all, so for such a long time. Yeah that she really got actually that was big and was so deeply healing for her as well amazing and my mum had a similar story as well in the first few years she was she felt really uncomfortable with Mm. any any crying and um i remember when my son was born so that was four and a half years after my daughter and she'd really got it enough then and she'd you know i really wanted to talk more as well about what we see after a big lovingly supported cry that deep sense of relief that they feel in their bodies and to me that's their true state you know that mm-hmm. the desire to cooperate and contribute so many times my kids after cry did you, did you always mm-hmm. ever say they they come up and they'd cuddle me and well we you know we've been together mm-hmm. anyway and they go you know can I come and help you with yes. something and you know, just the, the natural love that there's their true state and that mm-hmm. anyway I remember then when my son was a baby she would hold him for long long periods of time mm-hmm. while he cried and it was just it's so incredible what is possible but also I think to have compassion mm. for the next generation because I, I don't know about you again I speak to many parents and they they you know it brings up big feelings for them when they see their own parents often behaving to their children the mm. way they were responded yes. to but I think it's really having deep compassion or you know loving our having compassion for our own feelings first because mm. often it's the little parts of us we're like I didn't get to be heard and I know mm. you know like your mom I didn't ever get to be heard mm. but really um no, having compassion how would it be mm. to be 70 and to have you know to have mm. you know more like my mum was in her 70s and the amount of feelings that they are holding in and how big it is to make a shift mm. the older you are and to really mm. honor that but mm. it is possible isn't it so it possible. is and I, I look I always say to the, a lot of the mums or parents I work with and lots of dads too because this can often feel even, <laughs> even harder, harder for men you know yes. I really feel that too because as much as we were often told as females not to cry they were it was yeah. very much shame no don't yes and and I often say to parents just if this does resonate with you, start so gently yes. and slowly. Just five minutes, yeah. perhaps, or of holding minutes. a space <laughs> and and just seeing how that feels for you. Yes. It's a beautiful thing. Yes. And then if you need to go back to doing what you were doing, that's yes. okay. Yes. It, it takes lots of patience and gentleness because you are changing a lifetime of imprinting around feelings here and And thousands of years of intergenerational yes things passed down yes and so you have to be really gentle so if you can listen to your child and that felt really big then you go and see who you can talk to to be listened to which will be another podcast we'll talk about (laughs) but but that you know there are gentle ways to begin to just start this 
what it is to just perhaps be open to listening to feelings in a new way, gently and slowly, you know. Yes. And and look, I think even now when I first began, you know, it felt confronting and I did start yeah. really listening to feelings really because it was about trauma. Yes. Um, but then, it, you know, as it reached new levels, it would, you know, different things would pop up and, and especially having three kids with all different dynamics and relationships. Wow, you know, some of the trees and beautiful, oh, man, there was lots of big stuff, you know, where it was really big and huge. But... Uh, and I, I mean, I even joke, I remember in the early days of doing this, my, my husband would look at me and he'd go, are you sure this is going to work? Like, is this going to be all right? Like, what's going to happen yes. to our kids? Because we didn't really yeah. have any other uh, other benchmark, you no. know, of anyone I knew that no. was really doing this. I remember roping my best mate and saying, can you read this book? Because I need someone to talk to about it. Yes. And she started doing it too. But then and you know we both have stories to share around this over the years of doing this you know I think for me one of those really pivotal moments where I was like oh my goodness this is incredible is um my youngest daughter was probably about five at the time and my middle one was about nine and I could see my five-year-old had a lot of feelings going on so she was really agitated and she was really needed to have a release but I had to go to work and I was like oh and I think I even may have said to her can you just hold on to those feelings for a bit (laughs) she's looking at me like are you crazy (laughs) and uh my nine-year-old walked in at the time and just said I'll listen to her feelings mum and I was like whoa oh my goodness so she took her into the bedroom and the nine-year-old just sat there and I was standing outside the door listening because I thought I need to see what happens here And the five-year-old was having a cry and talking about what was upsetting her and just, you know, really letting it out. And I'm listening to my nine-year-old go, I hear you and it's okay and I'm with you and all these beautiful things. And I'm thinking, wow. And after about 10 minutes, they just moved into giggling and laughing. And then when they came out, I said to my older daughter, you know, how was that for you listening? And she just said, well, mum, I just did to her what you do to me. I just listened and I was like, oh my, okay, there it is. Thank you. If I needed yep. confirmation, um, then that's where it was of just that incredible empathy yes. that we are offering them yes. imprints in their body yes. so that they know that so well they are able to do that, not yeah. only for others, but for themselves exactly. as well. Yeah, that's the internal, that's what's internalized our capacity for presence with their feelings. Yes. Is their own capacity for yes. their own presence with their feelings and yes. with others. Yes. The biggest gift, isn't it? It's oh just profound. It really is, and it's. I mean, I kind of joke too. When you get really comfortable with crying, people just sense it, and I, I sometimes call myself the crying whisperer because yes. if anyone has a baby yes, and they come over I. and they say, "Do you want to hold my baby?" I go, "You know, your baby will start crying." And you don't want your baby to cry, don't give them to me yeah. <laughs> because I will listen and yep. hold that space. Yes. Which again, society sees as something wrong yes. and it's a bad thing. Yes. Whereas I see it as oh beautiful I'm here to listen to you what do you need to let out I actually had a client once who was a single mom and it was really tricky for her to hold that space and so my job was to go over and just actually hold the baby and listen to this beautiful little one's feelings and till she found the space for her to actually do that as well and it was such an honor and gift to be there and the change in them was profound from having listening for both of them so it's it's pretty amazing I I have a little story as well about my daughter I remember when she was 10 and um she her dad has a a new partner or not so new now but and they were twins and when they were babies she would just hold them and when they needed to cry and she'd just hold them and she do you know what I really noticed though the difference with me when I was holding her it was kind of an intense thing because I was like I'm doing this holding Mm -hmm. a little bit you know staring and like Mm. it was very it was quite 
you know, because I was really wanting to be make sure that she yeah, really knew I was right. listening. You know, I was doing the, <laughs> I'm doing the listening. And when I saw her do it, it was like what, like you're saying, it was so deeply embedded in her body. This deep knowing that these tears, of course, it's just like you know, like anything that's mm-hmm. natural. It's just like a natural thing, you know, like pooing or weeing or anything. Mm-hmm. So it was so natural to her, and she was so relaxed. She wasn't doing it in this kind of slightly try try effortful way that I that I'd done with her, or less so with her with uh, my son. And it was so interesting to see so many times she'd be doing that and a, an adult would come over and they'd be like thinking that she didn't know how to stop the babies from crying so mm. they'd you know, come and take the, take them away from her. And even when she was four and a half and mm. Sunny was born, she of course we were right there with her but she would hold him and he would cry and she'd be so comfortable. And of course mm. we were there with them both. But yes. so gorgeous to be so mm. deeply comfortable with feelings mm. in the body. And also I think what, what happens when we do this with our kids they they grow up to be children to who can see it in other humans so clearly like my youngest one used to say to me that little boy over there needs a really good cry and I'd say yeah I can see and she goes look he's really agitated and he's angry and he really needs to let those feelings out and I was like yeah he does darling and she would look at me and she goes why is his mummy not listening to him and I was like oh I don't know if his mummy's able to or might you know that those kind of things are pretty beautiful to witness and watch as they as they had experienced it themselves yeah it's pretty powerful can we talk a bit more about the observable things because I often say to parents you know I really love empowering parents and to say that they might ask something I'll you know I'll aim to answer but I'll also say you know to me the most important thing is you observing so a listening in to ourselves I think for parenting me I think the most important thing is one listening in so that's what I invite you to do as you're listening to us speak does this resonate with you in any way and you know that in your body your body is mm-hmm. it will either go and you may have some feelings around that but you might have the sense well this actually makes sense to me it resonates with me the second thing I think is then to actually have a go again and it may be in the smallest way and then to observe your baby or child and to me that's the most important thing is to and what I love about wear printing is so it is so observable the differences and yes. I'd love for us to share some of those mm. things that we really saw maybe just either in the aftermath of a cry or just in that longer term sense you know we talked more about their comfortableness with feelings but some other things that perhaps we've noticed that again may give some reassurance Mm. to you that yeah that really is a clearly observable difference isn't it totally and even before that where you you might be seeing the signs where they may need a release so that can often be with a baby breastfeeding you know and you turn it off with a boob or the bottle and the baby's pulling away or turning their head you know or really agitated yeah because when babies really want to feed they'll just feed you know enough they're they're like they're there but often when they're fussing you know it can be because actually they really do need a cry yes Mm. yeah coming on and off everything they were kicking agitated all those things yes really yes. and now of course there can be in all of these cases there can be other things so we always mm. you know always trust if you if you are ever worried about there being something else there please always check that out first Absolutely. really yeah. trust yourself but often there these are some of the signs yes. so it's, agitation the body's often a really key Huge one, isn't one. It? and babies that are very tight and you know often we say oh, look how strong my baby is and i was like oh that actually looks like a really tense baby you yes. know that they're, they're actually meant to be really soft and cuddly yes. and molding molding into contact yes, yes. 
yeah so often that that bracing against you really stiff you know fussing at the breast that kind of stuff and often again then with sleeping yes not going to sleep so if if you use a dummy you know that them spitting the dummy out or or you know just them really agitated is often a bit of a sign that they need to have a really good cry and release so that their body can come back into mm. balance and settle so that they can sleep or they can feed well or those yes. kind of things. And, you know, I, I mean, I see it as completely normal for a baby really to have a big cry once or twice a day, even more sometimes, yes. you know, depending Multiple. on Before every sleep it can yes. be. But, yeah. yeah, I love to bring that in. That's I love. Mm. Do you want to say more about because it depends on their experience, isn't it? The birth Completely. that they've had, you know, how we are. Lots absolutely. Of you know, I think, especially if there's been intervention, forceps or vacuum extraction, cesarean, any form of separation, you yeah. know, not having that skin on skin, if the baby's been in the NICU at all. I mean, there's many elements where there has been separation and perhaps that, or there's been force on the body. About yeah, it. yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things I think we both love is cranial sacral <laughs> therapy as well. Yes. We're both big fans of yes. that, especially for babies. Yes. Or, or mummers yes, and in pregnancy yes. Had lots yes. Of that, oh, yes 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 um i, I t- deeply love osteopaths um and <laughs> you know that that can also be something that you know i've with a lot of clients i've worked with if their babies are really yes. agitated and unsettled i'm like go oh, get some osteocranial work yes. done on your baby first because it could be you know they've just got a lot of tension in their bodies from the birth yes. which can be to do with you know forceps or instruments and all those kind of things yes um and then of course you know so helping the body in whatever way we it's can such yeah yes and then then looking at again different signs to go Okay, if we've met those needs, then perhaps it is feelings and crying that needs to happen. Yes. I mm. might share Sunny's story. So Sunny was born four and a half years after Lana, and I was already an aware parenting instructor, so I was very, very comfortable by this time with crying. Mm. And I'm so glad he came second, not first, because mm. I would never have been able to do this. And he was also posterior, even though I'd done everything I knew to prevent that. <laughs> never, ever lay on my back once <laughs> um, during whole pregnancy. Um but he was very quick, so he was uh, about a one and a half, I think it was an hour and a half, can't even remember mm. now. Yeah. So beautiful birth, again, very empowering, and I used the lifting technique, which I love. And But I really, he came up with so much tension in his jaw, and so when I offered him the breast straight away, he clamped down. And again, because I'd had my daughter and I'd experienced, you know, not that, uh, I knew straight away that he was holding a lot of tension in his jaw from the, how he'd been during the birth. He turned right at the last, as he went into second stage. Um, so uh, if I hadn't known about this, I don't know what I would have done. And I know, I'm not saying this is the case with everybody who has, um, you know, things around breastfeeding and it being painful and so on. But he clamped on so hard and... I knew that, uh, so we did craniosec with him right from, you know, day dot, his first day. But I knew and I had the capacity and the comfortableness in my body to know that he could actually express the feelings of that tension. And also, as I shared in our podcast about birth, that I had been really scared during my pregnancy because I'd had a miscarriage. So Mm -hmm. I I just, I was so comfortable with it. So I listened to him have a, a cry in his first day. And after that first cry in my arms, listening to him, and I'm right here, sweet Anne, tell me all about it. And I, you know, I can see this tension in your jaw and I'm right here with you and I'm holding him. And he had a big cry. And after that first cry, when he fed that next time, his, he, there was so much more mm. relaxation in his jaw. And, and he did three cries in that first, like, 
24 hours and after each cry his jaw felt more relaxed until mm. after the third one it was it was you know deeply relaxed mm. and the feeding was totally comfortable Beautiful. so you know the amazing things that that crying can do to help release tension from the body mm. it's just a oh just cosmically yeah. wonderful <laughs> thing you know we always say you're just have a good cry. Like, I mean, society does say that, but then it says, but not for too but long. Not babies. But not babies. And not babies and not children. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I know, it's so funny, isn't it, how we, or the culture we're in. And I think, you know, that's a beautiful segue, you know, in what you were saying around what difference you saw in Sunny is the differences that you may observe in your little ones when they do have a good cry. Oh so sleep God, is a big sleep. one. Often babies who don't sleep yeah. well, you know, when they've had a good cry will often be able so to move relaxed. into a deep sleep yeah. yeah and arms above the head still even yeah. you know newborns often do yes. that but mm. often as tension accumulates they yes. get more and more tense in their yes. sleep yes it doesn't need to be like that yes and the other big one is eye contact, eye contact. is really big yeah. of babies that do have a lot of tension or a feeling agitated will often make not make eye contact with you yes. yet after a big cry they'll just stare yes. deeply into your eyes oh, yes. it's pretty profound it's so lovely i would love to share that what i always say to parents around that is have you ever been trying to avoid crying and you, the feelings are so close to the surface and maybe a friend comes up to you and puts their, you know, that someone you really trust and they put their hand on you mm. and they say, well, actually, what's going on, sweetheart? And they go to look in your eyes and you know the minute you look in their eyes, <laughs> You're gonna you cannot <laughs> possibly hold in those feelings anymore. And to me, that's why I see that they're doing that and because often parents have that thing, you know, maybe they don't like me or they don't, mm. but actually to me it's because they, when they see the love in your eyes... Mm. They cannot help but actually let those feelings out. Mm. So that I really love sharing that because I think it's really helpful. To it does remember. totally. They, when, yeah. And often parents will say, you know, if if I look them in the eyes and I say I'm here and I love you, then the crying intensifies. Mm. And again, if we think to our own experience, if someone's there and you're telling them their, your feelings and they're then you actually see they're nodding and they're, they're saying yes and I and like Lael is doing right now and of course I'm going to go in and feel the feelings deeper because there's that emotional safety there's that container there's mm. presence and we, we often need the presence of, with babies they absolutely need the presence of another mm. but even as adults often mm. we actually do need the presence of another person being with us to signal to us that actually there is this energetic um, nervous system our nervous systems get that sense it is safe to cry it's safe to let it out 100 percent, and i love that word you i mean i love for me it's the emotional safety yes that we all need emotional yes. safety to be vulnerable to let yeah. out what we're feeling that's what's so important and i think this is where for me where parenting brings it to the deepest level of attachment yes and connection oh, because yes. you know we can have attachment by skin on skin and co-sleeping or breastfeeding and that kind of stuff but Which if, we love all of those oh yeah totally i mean we are all those kind of things yes um you know that that is beautiful attachment and then, then there's another element to that attachment which is also the listening and the accepting of the feelings as well and i think yes. Again, just really culturally, we just we don't do that because we are, we've been brought up in a society that says it's bad, you know. Yes. And and then again, the next layer from that is that often it wasn't done to us when yeah. we were little, so it feels you know could bring up our own feelings. So it's big. It's really so big. big. It's you know just listening to your baby cries are really it's a massive, massive thing. <laughs> you know, again, what I love is because again, I think some people tend to think aware parenting is anti-breastfeeding and again my experience is you know what you're sharing about babies when they're agitated tend mm. to do those kinds of things and they mm. might be there's often we'll feel less connected mm. did you experience that whereas when they're regularly crying if they have a big cry and then they feed 
what what my experience is and from working with many parents is then actually the breastfeeding or the bottle feed whatever type of feeding you're doing becomes more wonderful yes. more connected because the baby's actually deeply present in their yes. bodies they're not feeling agitated they're feeling yes. calm and relaxed so they can mm. they can feed calmly they can gaze in our eyes yes. and there's that sense of we feel that connection whereas sometimes if they're actually feeding to to repress feelings we we don't feel that connected mm. to them it can feel a little bit more mm. um what's the word kind of like uh just kind of not neutral but you know it doesn't feel so connected yes. to us or to them yes so to me actually listening to their feelings helps bring make all those other things even more wonderful yes. the closeness feels even more yes. wonderful though because they are when they feel relaxed in their bodies because they have less accumulated feelings mm. they'll still have some the more relaxed they feel, the more present they are in their bodies yes. and the more we can feel that presence. And that presence means, and so in terms of some of those observables and what I noticed in my kids and, and particularly, again, my son more than my daughter because I listened to more and I was more comfortable with this quality of presence, this openness to having new experience, this deep quality of awareness of where they would, you know, when they learned to walk, where they walked and the, the touch that they mm. had and, you know, that deep care. And I think we have this mm. cultural belief that children are inherently kind of agitated and antsy mm. and they knock into things and they mm. hit and bite and they're agitated. But to me, that is simply a cultural byproduct of accumulated feelings yes. and that a baby in a child's true state is deep presence and awareness yes. deep connection yes deep deep connection and that you know like often young babies have that and they look in our eyes and they're calling forth aren't they you know who is here who will be here with me mm. and to me the more we can listen to a higher percentage of their mm. feelings again probably not all of them the more they stay connected mm. with that presence the more they can look mm. in our eyes and be mm. here and be mm. present and you know as you're talking i'm just listening to you going oh yes it's just it's so beautiful when you experience that and i think the the hours and hours and hours i've done listening you know <laughs> to my kids and <laughs> even my nieces and nephews i've done lots of crying <laughs> yep. listening to all that kind of stuff it just with every cell of my body and being i just know feelings are just feelings yes. and they can be felt and moved yes. and there's not one part of me that that feels that this is not yes. this is bad yes. and it just is it's i don't know it's hard to put into words sometimes but it just it makes you so comfortable of being able to be present yes. with people of wherever they are yes. because you know it's all okay like that it just is you are where you are and that's okay and I'm here to see you and it doesn't it just feel it and it will move yes. and th that the gift it has given me as a person like I'm yes, just thinking yes. you know we do this for our children so that they can become aware present <laughs> beings in the world right I mean we're really doing this to help I mean every single parent comes in and says I want my child to be you know the best that they can be and whoever they are right that's all yes. of our intentions and we all go about it in the way that we know how the best yes. way we know how yes. And, of course, that's what our intention is and why we're doing this. But the gifts it has given me in my own healing or just my yes. own being is profound. Yeah. Like, I can't – yeah. it's one of my friends oh. who started a web parenting. She's like, oh, my God, a web parenting is my religion. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, don't say that. It'll get even more weird out there. Because, you know, it's an, an absolutely honouring. This is not for everybody. You know, yes. both Mary If it doesn't and resonate I, with you, please so okay. see what does resonate with you. Yes. It's the most important thing not to should yourself. I should do this. Or I should no. believe in it. If it doesn't resonate, there will be something else that does. 100%. And that's, I mean, we are both deeply passionate <laughs> about that of just that, 
this is if this resonates then beautiful and if it doesn't it's absolutely okay you know we are all doing our own journeys with the stories we've had and and there's no right or wrong within this so we take the pieces that that resonate you know with us and and i think that's you know again we come from different lives and different ways of being but we come back to the same place every time which is that deep connection and love and listening is off is the answer you know and it's so simple isn't it it actually is but so not in some (laughs) ways our parents you're like okay if i don't know what to do i'm just gonna actually listen be mm. present with myself in my body mm. and be present with them yes. and and to reassure people too who haven't really done listening it does not mean that you are then going to have 10 11 12 year olds that completely have mm. massive meltdowns when they don't get their way or no, you know it's the opposite it is absolutely the opposite you know a lot of people say if i just sit there and listen to all the big feelings does that mean that you know they're going to try and do that every time they want something and and i'd absolutely say it's the complete reverse because when a child's so been deeply held they're so in touch with their own feelings and emotions yes. as they get past the age of seven or eight or, or even it can be earlier than that when they have that cognitive ability in their brains to actually then articulate what they're feeling their ability to express how they feel is phenomenal so their emotional understanding vocabulary emotional intelligence is next level you know and so i mean that has blown me away the most of raising these kids who are so emotionally i just kind of go oh like they just call me out on stuff all the time and i'm like oh my god i've just trained you guys so well no i haven't i have not trained them um but but in that They've sense of, totally. but in that sense of what it has created yeah. is such deep awareness of then being able to say or know what they need like what i often feel, tell stories of you know even my 17 18 year old son when he was you know six foot one giant huge man child would it say to me mum can you just give me a cuddle? And I'd sit on his lap to cuddle him because he's so big. Because <laughs> he would still go, I just need a hug or maybe I need I need a cry. Or like yes. he's still saying, yes. I've got something, here it is. I trust you enough to bring that to you, you know, when things feel hard. And that's, that's just... a wonderful thing. I mean, that Isn't is that what, what we want? want? We want our teenagers to come to us and say... Yes, the feelings. <laughs> yes. Listen to me. Yes, yes, so beautiful. I love that. Yeah. I love that with my son too. He's 12 and he'll often say know about th- little things I, f- I feel really sad because you know x y and z happen like yes mm. and he has a friend who's also brought up with aware parenting who's 14 now and you know when sonny will sometimes hurt they still will he still will have some cries sometimes even big cries he just he's like this lift top head sometimes mm. it'll just come out in a big kind of wonderful mm. and because his friend is so comfortable with feelings he will sit there and be mm. with him and to me, I just like to see two boys, one mm. tween and one teen, just so comfortable with crying. Mm. Springs my heart oh, I so do much feel joy. that it is what is needed on the planet to change all so many of the stuff yes. that goes on with aggression and violence, and yes. particularly with men. I just often think if we were yes. all able to cry more, then there yeah. would be big changes in the world. But yes. and we will talk about that in a later episode. Mm. How unexpressed feelings show up in mm. you know, I like, I like having a thing, the expression. It's either expression or it's going to be repression or yes. aggression. Yes. And then somehow these things, these things, feelings are real physiological things, and they will. They, they have, have to come it. out. Yeah, they have to come out, or they're going to be held in, held yeah. in in ways that we don't particularly don't like. enjoy. Yes, so. yes, totally, totally. Is there any other observable things that we wanted to share just before? Just About the sleep, calmness, presence. I think just watching their body, you know, of course, like, you know, open hands, really soft hands, hands, soft hands, presence in the hands. Yes, and even like changing nappies and stuff like that where you've got to do stuff 
to with babies those kind of things they're often again when there's not a build-up of feelings often a lot more present and agreeable and there's ease around it for sure yeah Yeah. i always remember my daughter when she was you know even six seven eight i really saw this this open chest that she Mm -hmm. had and this complete lack of arm ring which is and i would look at her so often Mm -hmm. and i'd actually almost never seen anybody Mm -hmm. with that that lack of arming around the heart that so many of us have learned to tense up our bodies to repress feelings yes yes crying is the answer we love crying (laughs) crying i know we we love crying sound very weird but we do yeah yeah and i really do want to say one more thing is that what you shared about um to me like I know that I could come to you and I could cry about anything mm. and you would have the capacity to listen and mm. you know, I hope vice versa is that when we listen when we get more comfortable with listening to our babies mm. and our children we can be with adults we can be with mm. anyone and in we their can feelings. be with ourselves we can be with ourselves <laughs> that's, that's the goal <laughs> yeah yeah completely yeah so beautiful and so look our I guess our invitation for this podcast is really just to have a bit of an inquiry about how do you feel about crying? You know, can you remember being held or loved, you know, when you cried as a child or perhaps, you know, do you have any memories of what happened when you did cry? You know, and to give yourself a lot of love and compassion if those feelings come up that aren't necessarily positive around that. to or just uncomfortable feelings. Yes, <laughs> yes, just knowing that, you know, again, our parents are always doing the best job they know how with the tools and the skills and the understanding that they have. Um, you know, and, and I guess what we offer within that is if stuff does come up for you, then there's lots of beautiful work you can do to heal those parts, which will lead me to the next bit about some some great courses you can do. But but really, that that is... It's all so open to being healed, you know, yes. and it's a powerful Never thing. Never too late. And then the other question really is just to tune into how does it feel when your child cries? Yes. Know, what does that feel how like? How do you feel? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is a big one. Um, so to finish off again, talking about what inspires us around this topic, around det- um, around attachment and tears, <laughs> um, you know, well, of course, we kind of Aletha Salter's stuff around this year where baby and... Um, cooperative and connected is also another good one which we'll talk about in in another podcast so you know her books really definitely around crying are, are really Such gorgeous beautiful. work yes so thankful yes to and you, yes thank you yes and um and marion has beautiful free intro courses on crying and tears and baby so go and check out her stuff which you'll find in our show notes anyway but you'll find um and on our podcast anyway there's a link to marion's website which has got all her beautiful courses there and there's some free courses there you can do really around attachment and crying and it's really beautiful stuff so if you're wanting to know more go and go and check it out because it's absolutely all there some beautiful stuff thank you lovely and on your website you have things articles um i don't have articles articles. on my site but i but i I, I was amazing anyway go and look at what she does great sessions we both do (laughs) one-on-one sessions with people around that anyway i mean i do sessions with people who have babies and and definitely i mean i do a lot of work with people that have had birth trauma and how that looks and stuff like that i do that in person or online or you know that kind of stuff so we both do lots of listening don't we 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 do love listening yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) so thank you for being here again listening to our attachment and tears we hope it's brought you something you know beautiful to contemplate or to feel into around your parenting journey mm, thank you so much for listening to us um, mm. lots of love to you and i mm. hope to I hope that you feel called to come and listen to another one lots mm. of love thanks bye 
Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.